voice of triumph in the building. Woo! Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? Woo! High five somebody on the way to your seat. Tell them the presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Amen. You can be seated for just a few moments on behalf of this church and the beautiful First Lady. I want to take an opportunity to give a great big welcome this morning to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord. Rock Church, would you help me give a standing ovation and make some noise and help me welcome all of our guests? Come on, we can do a little bit better than that. Help me welcome all of our guests here. Amen. Welcome to the Rock Church. If this is your very first time here at the Rock Church, we want you to know what an honor and a privilege it is for us that you would take time out of your Sunday morning to come and spend time in the presence of the Lord right here at the Rock Church. And we have something, uh, a policy that's very important to us that we want you to know about this morning. And we understand that it's, it's not proper protocol uh, to push policies on brand new guests, but we feel like this one's pretty important to us. And so we want to share it with you. And our policy is simply this, that you are only a guest for five minutes when you come to the Rock Church. After five minutes, we just tell you, welcome home. Come on, amen, Rock Church. Would you turn around 360 degrees, shake every hand that you can reach, and tell them, welcome home this morning. Come on, tell them, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. We're so grateful that you joined us today. Today is Friends and Family Day here at the Rock Church of Fort Myers. Anybody excited about what God's been doing in this house? This past week, six, six more people were baptized in Jesus' name uh, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I think we ought to give God some praise for that today. Woo! I wish somebody would join Brother Desmond and not let him run by himself. If the angels are rejoicing, uh, I think God's people ought to take a moment to rejoice. Hallelujah! Amen. And then this morning before we even got started with church, Stephen was baptized in Jesus' name uh, and came out of the water speaking with other tongues as God filled him uh, with the Holy Ghost. We rejoice with you, Brother Stephen. Woo. We got one word to tell you. The best is yet to come. So many incredible things happening. I got a text message this week uh, from, from uh, Pastor Senate, who is the lead pastor at our uh, main campus in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. And he's been going to the doctor for a few weeks uh, concerning a minor issue. And when the doctor found out that he was a pastor, uh, a door opened to begin to talk to them about 
uh, Jesus. And so uh, yesterday, I think it was, or day before yesterday, he had a follow-up appointment. And while he was in there talking to them, he began to share the, the word of the Lord and the Holy Ghost moved into that doctor's office and Pastor Senate reached over and laid his hand on that doctor's head and that doctor received the gift of the Holy Ghost right inside the doctor's office. Hey! Listen somebody! This is the real thing! This is what you've been looking for! This is what you've been waiting for! This is what you've been asking for. I wish somebody would give God a praise. Woo! My God, there's a revival happening in the end time. We don't have time to wait for them to get to the church house. We don't have time to waste for there to be the right service. When you're out in the community and God begins to move, you lay your hand on them and you watch God heal them. You watch God fill them with the Holy Ghost. Woo! I'm so excited about what the Lord did. You can be seen. Y'all acting crazy on this Sunday morning. Amen. It is such an honor today to have with us all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas, Bishop Joel Holmes. And he didn't come by himself. He brought his nephew, which is like a son to him. Brother uh, Brewer, Justin Brewer is in the house of the Lord with us. Would you help me give God a great big praise for these men today? Amen. I had the, the, the pleasure of uh, connecting with Brother Brewer quite some time back. I don't remember how long it's been exactly, uh, but from the very first time I've met this man, I have been so impressed by his spirit and uh, his humble demeanor. And we are so honored that he accompanied the bishop on this trip. He is a tremendous preacher, man of God that God is using greatly. And uh, what an honor to have him with us today. I want him to come and just greet the congregation. Would you put your hands together one more time? Give him a great big Rock Church welcome. Come on, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. Is anybody thankful to be in church on a Sunday morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What an incredible crowd that is gathered here today to worship God. Amen. This is a church that is alive. Amen. This is a responsive church. Hallelujah. Amen. You know why this world has quit going to church? It's because when they get there, they don't feel anything. Amen. They don't have the power. But I'm thankful to be a part of a church. Amen. We've got the power. We've got the real Holy Ghost power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just rejoicing at what all God is doing right here in this church. Amen. The explosive revival that God is giving you. Amen. And you know what is so beautiful about that story is it is just getting started. Amen. There is just no telling what all God is going to do. Amen. And I am rejoicing with you. It's an honor to be here. I'm looking forward to hearing a word from our bishop. Amen. God bless you.
Stand with me if you would as we prepare for the entrance of God's word into this house. <laughs> it is our custom to stand in preparation for the word of the Lord. Throughout this service, you will see people standing. Uh, at that point in time, it's on them. Amen. But we want to give honor to the word of the Lord. It has been uh, quite some time uh, that we have been praying and seeking God for the opportunity that has afforded itself to us today. Many, uh, many years ago, I became acquainted with Bishop Holmes. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he came to our home city uh, for a conference and was one of our speakers. And I was, had the privilege of becoming acquainted with him that week. And uh, I had visited North Little Rock one time before that as a young, much younger man and snuck in on a Sunday morning back in, in the old building. And uh, I was just a grasshopper in them days. I don't think I could quite describe myself as a grasshopper now. Amen. But over the years, I've had the wonderful privilege of being able to connect with Bishop Holmes. And uh, uh, Bishop Holmes, I want you to know that your ministry has meant so much to me and has been such a life-changing force in my walk with God. And uh, over the years, uh, it has been such a privilege of mine to spend time with Bishop Holmes and the fantastic church in North Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, his family. And over that amount of time, they have just become family to me. And, uh, and, and I, I can't tell you how excited I was. I got a text message oh, a couple of years ago from Bishop Holmes that invited me to a particular uh, event that was happening and, and he was inviting his adopted son. <laughs> and so if I'm an adopted son, he's an adopted father in the gospel to me. And uh, Bishop Holmes, we are absolutely honored and delighted to have you here in the house of the Lord with us today. How many of you want him to just come and obey whatever God has given him to speak to this house? Are you ready to receive the word of the Lord? Then would you help me one more time, put your hands together and give God a great big praise. Come on, let's multiply that one right there and give God a great big praise as Bishop Holmes comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us this morning. Come on, Bishop. Sunday, and then to have uh, my nephew and son uh, here with me, uh, I'm very grateful, uh, all the goodness of God, and then to see all you people here worshiping and lifting up the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. <laughs> The devil hates our party. 
Did you know if people would get this Holy Ghost, they wouldn't need no drugs to get high on. They wouldn't need to smoke no marijuana to get high on. If they just had what you're feeling in this house. But I can tell you the devil hates what you're feeling. The enemy hates a church like this. A church of liberty, a church of victory, a church that is worshiping and praising and glorifying God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God for you people. Uh, well, I tell you, you, you know, you all, I don't have to tell you these things, but you're blessed to have a, a pastor his wife and family, some of the most talented people in all the world. Amen. I've been blessed so many times by his ministry and by his singing. And uh, it's not just the talent, it's the anointing and the love of God that he has for the things of God. Amen. And we're just exceedingly blessed honored to get to come and worship with you on this very special Sunday. Uh, thank God for a church where there's liberty. Thank God for a church. This is a, you know this is a messed up Pentecostal world, don't you? They've got it all figured out how you're supposed to sit and you're supposed to listen to the Bible study and it's supposed to be dry and dead and lifeless and you're not supposed to get excited about anything you're just supposed to sit there real quiet <laughs> and guess what they don't hardly have anybody in church today their doors are about to close the reason they are is because people are not getting anything when they get there but I see a full packed house of worshipers here today. And you come to praise him and to love him and to exalt his name and lift him up. No wonder you want to come to this church and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, bless his wonderful we came over here last night and had a great prayer meeting with your pastor and uh, when I walked in here today just the presence of the Lord is so close I could not help but weep and it was tears of joy and worship can I tell you again the devil hates liberty in a Pentecostal church The devil don't like to hear the sound of it. He doesn't like to see people lifting up Jesus. Now, if you go to the concerts or you go to the ball games, that's perfectly all right. Holler for somebody throwing a ball, but don't holler for Jesus.
drove Brother Brewer and I around the last night and we uh, got to see the places where this church began and then we got to see where Brother Williams and Sister Williams and their great family was called here to Fort Myers. He showed us the buildings. He showed us where you started. He told me he's going to show me that picture of those young people with their ear up against the wall listening to the Williams family play music and sing. I want to see that. And then just an outbreak. Can you believe in a short nine years this has all happened? In a short nine years. Can you believe what God has done and what God is going to do in the next nine years? Can you imagine what this church is going to look like in nine years from now? You know why? Because it's on fire. It's on fire. Everybody wants to go to the fire unless you're dead. Amen. Everybody wants to be a part of something. It's happening and moving. My, my, my. We were just so blessed. So blessed. That I, as he was showing us, I was thinking about you, faithful saints. You know what I said? Of course, I've, I've been, uh, I got the Holy Ghost when I was five years old. I've been preaching and pastoring for a number of years. And uh, when, when I was, he was driving us around, you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about, yes, there's some good people somewhere. It's backing this man of God up. There's some good people. I, I knew I would meet you this morning. I knew I would meet you good, solid rock, God-fearing, God-loving, truth, holiness, the name of Jesus. I knew I was going to get to meet you because a man does not do this by himself. This does not happen through the strength of one man, through the strength of just his leading. It's when people get behind the leader and people hold up the hands of their pastor and people pray for their pastor and people cooperate with their pastor. This is what happens. Man, this is what comes to pass when people are willing to follow his leadership. Can I tell you something else? When they're willing to write the check when they're willing to take out their hard-earned money and put it in the offering bag. This is what happens when a church gets together, gets on fire. You realize you're a blessed people. I know you do. Amen. To how such a man of God that God has given you. And then when I listen to this choir saying, my, 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 my. They're not amazing, this choir. And then look at this musicians up here. This music team. Great job, men. Keep it up. Amen. The devil hates what you're doing. But God is blessing what you're doing. Thank God for wanting to be a part of something great that God is doing for his glory and for his honor. Hallelujah. Would you put your hands together again for the Lord?
Oh, yes, we bless your name, Lord. We worship you. We magnify you. Well, we're just so blessed, abundantly blessed, the day we met the Williams family. And, you know, it's my honor that he would uh, adopt me as his pastor, father in the Lord, whatever. I'm the one that has been greatly honored today and uh, we appreciate him so much. There's not enough could be said about your pastor and this first family. There's not enough. You could not give them too much honor. Amen. Because you know what? They're in the forefront and the devil, you know who, who's the who, who is the the devil's got the target on with the bullseye. It's on all of you, but it's definitely on the man of God that would like to destroy him, pull him down. Amen. But thank God for great people that are standing side by side. Brother William, your battle is my battle. We're going to fight side by side. We're going to stand together. women of God. Thank God for you great men. But thank God for women. Amen. I, uh, I was evangelizing. In fact, in Miami, Florida, I preached a revival three weeks when I was 17 years old. And I, I evangelized till I was 19. And then at 19 years old, my daddy had a paralyzing stroke that he was not able to carry on and the responsibility of the church fell on me and uh, it was in 1969 and I will never forget brother Williams thank God for the great men but back in my day men weren't too spiritual it was the women that did most of the praying thank God for spiritual men today Amen. God's turned that around and give us spiritual men. But I just want to say a word to you ladies. You know what? It was the great mothers of Israel that gathered around a 19-year-old. And uh, I shall never forget the blessing they were in my life to encourage me, to help me to keep going forward. And I look at you great women today. Don't stop standing. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop standing with your pastor in this great church. Stand with me right now, if you will. I want to give you what the Lord has laid upon my heart today and sought the Lord that I would give you uh, the perfect mind of God. And I trust God can move on every one of us in this building. And the Holy Ghost can Move us a little closer to him and our lives can be touched and changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Exodus, the third chapter and the 10th verse. This is God speaking to Moses. He said, come now, therefore, and I will send thee into Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And I want you to hear what Moses said. Moses said unto God, Who am I? Who am I? Would you say that with me right now? Who am I? Let's do it again. Who am I? 
who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? I'd like to ask you to do what I always got them to do back home on Sunday morning when I was preaching, and that is reach your hand in this direction. Come on, we're going to get on one side. We're going to get together. Amen. We're going to fight the enemy together today. We're going to fight carnality together today. Would you reach it? Come on. Come on. I believe you today, God. I believe you today, God. Strengthen the hands of this pastor. Strengthen the hands of this church. We believe you today, God. Work your will. Let your anointing fill the house. Give us the words that we should say and let us say it, Lord, as you would have us to for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You can be seated. This is the question the enemy is asking every one of us in this building. And it's, who are you? Who are you? The enemy is here to intimidate us. The mountain looks so tall and the giants stand so tall that the I'm going to tell you before I really get started today, the devil's just a bunch of hot air. He can't stop this God of ours from working. It doesn't matter how he tries or what he does. He cannot stop the church of the living God from going forth. But he tries. And I hope the Holy Ghost to help me today that somebody walks out of this building feet a little bit taller, with a little more faith, with a little more confidence that the devil is still a liar and the truth is not any. Hey, I want to tell you something. Everything he told you today and everything he will tell you tomorrow is one big lie. Don't believe a word he's got to say. We come against him in the name of Jesus Christ. And I hope before this service is over, somebody finds out who you are, who you really are. Lift up your hands and praise him right now together. We magnify you, God. We worship you. You can be seated. There's a blessing of just being at the back of the line. It's the, there's a blessing of just being a nobody. There's a blessing in the whole world looking at you and saying, oh, what can you do? There's a great blessing of being that person. There's a great blessing of being someone the world has really no confidence. They're not going to do anything. They can't do nothing. Look how feeble they are. Look at them. And that's what the devil is telling everybody in this building today. Look at you. Look how feeble. Look at the mistakes you've made. Look at the foolish things that you've done. Look at the wrong turns you've made in life. This is the voice of the enemy. 
I, oh, hallelujah. I'm here to preach to you today and tell you I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. And if you want to know the real truth, the goody-goody people that you think are goody-goody, they really wouldn't want you to know really what they've done either. So get off that horse and get on another horse and just realize we're all flesh. We've made some bad decisions along the way, but I come to stomp on the devil today and tell you he is a liar. The past and your past life does not have to identify who you are today. Put your hands together for God. I come with the message on my heart for this church today. And I want God to help you. Who are you? Well, I'm glad to tell you. First Peter, the second chapter, the ninth verse. Peter writing. But ye are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar or a special people. And the purpose of all this, that you should shoot forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness in this marvelous, everybody say marvelous. This is a marvelous revelation that God has given us of how to live in this sin-sick twisted up, messed up world. That's who we are. Everybody say, that's who I am. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal, royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a special people. And all that is, see, if you hadn't been somewhere before you got here, you wouldn't have much of a testimony. Are you with me? The reason you got a testimony is because you was somewhere else before you got here. You wouldn't know how to show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into this marvelous light if you hadn't been somewhere else. But you were somewhere else. You were in sin, bound by sin. But the devil wants to run along by your side and say, look who you are. Look where you've been. Look what you've done. You can't ever amount to anything. You can't be a Christian. You've tried over and over. But we come to denounce him today and tell you, you can be everything that God ever called you to be and more. Put your hands together for the king. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Peter went on to say, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Daniel wrote, he said, but the people that do know their God shall. Everybody say, shall, shall. Say it with me again. Not maybe. They shall do exploits. That's above the ordinary. Oh, 
God is calling us to be giants for him. And we don't need to let the past interfere with today. We can be and do what God wants us to be and do for his glory, for his honor, that he would be exalted, that he would be lifted up. But I can tell you today, there's two voices that's speaking in our ears. There's two voices that is talking to us. Who do you think you are? Amen. Satan is trying to identify you and tell you you're weak, you're feeble, you can't ever get nowhere, you can't uh, support the church, you can't be a business lady or man, you, 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 you will never get there, you're at the bottom. He's trying to identify everybody in this building, but I come with a message from God to re-identify you. I'm here to preach to you. The smallest child in this building, God is saying, I want you to be a child. I want you to rise up. I want you to move forward. I want you to believe my word. I will make you into what you are not. Oh, yes. He's trying to identify us today. Intimidate us. And stop us on this journey. God's got great plans for us. Just like he's got great plans for this church. Property is high. Building is expensive. You know, I was praying one day, Brother Williams, and we were trying to buy something for the church. Probably some of that 163 acres we bought on the other side of the freeway. And I said, Lord... Help me, God. Make them come down. Make them, Lord. That's the way I always feel like, well, God was in it because they came down and I got such a bargain. But you know what God said to me when I said that? A voice spoke back to me and said, well, I can make them come down or I can make you go up. We just see God one way. But I'm here to tell you, God can do it. He can make that water run uphill or downhill. You know why? Because he's God. You know what the Holy Ghost has spoke to me? There's somebody in this building. I'm believing for every one of you. You're going to get a hold of what I'm preaching today. And you're going to rise up in new faith and say, God, I'm your man. I can do it. I will do it. I'll push the kingdom of God. I'll do the work of the Lord. Hey, I'll write the check. I'll write it well. If he did it for you, would you do it? Amen. I'm going to tell you, he can do it. He's just looking for a vessel that says, use me, God. Use me, God. Just use me however you want to use me. I don't care, Lord. Just use me for your glory. Use me for your honor. He's looking for a vessel. It may be the one at the back of the line. God loves people that are on the back of the line because he knows how to reach in the back of the line and pull them to the front of the line. And you know when he does that, you know what happens? He gets all the glory. Because everybody's looking at him and saying, I never thought they'd mount a thing in the world. Look at what God's doing. Look at how God's working through them. 
Oh, hallelujah. I wish you'd shout with me, the devil's a liar again. And the truth is not in him. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. We come to attack the devil today. We come to write him down. We come to encourage some people. We come to lift up some people and tell them your life is not over. It's just getting started. God's got his hand on you. God's got his hand on this church. God's going to do exploits through you. Oftentimes we're thinking, you know, somebody out there ought to do it. Let some billionaire give it to us. God don't want to give it to a billionaire. He wants to give it to this young man right here. God wants to work through this lady right here. God wants to bless this lady. Oh, yes. You know what? The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro. Amen. He's looking for somebody. He's waiting on somebody that'll say, yes, God. I don't have much, but I know who I am. I'm a child of the king. I've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light, and the devil's under my feet, and it's no end to what God can do for me. You can be seated. I was reading through the Bible, and I was reading this story again about this man by the name of Moses. One of the greatest leaders in all the Bible was Moses. Had some of the greatest miracles, considered to have the greatest miracles of all, was Moses at the Red Sea when that Red Sea parted. Here is Moses, and I, I read across this, and it jumped out at me. When God said, Moses, I'm going to take you before Pharaoh, and you're going to win a battle. And if you read the rest of that, long before they ever got started, God had already told Moses what he was going to do. In fact, he told Moses, he said, the proof that this is going to happen, you're going to bring the children of Israel right back down to this mountain is where you're going to bring them. He lines out all the things. And one very special thing that he said in that, I'm going to take you to a land that is, come on and help me preach. I can't do this by myself. Oh, I feel like I got some good help in this house today. Let's, let's try that again. I'm going to take you to a land that's, what is it flowing with? milk and honey you know what's wrong the devil tells us if you got a drip you're doing good the devil tells us if you get a cup full you're doing good but my bible said he'd run your cup over not only the cup is going to get blessed the saucer's going to get blessed too see you know where it all starts and stops are you with me today it starts and stops right here. You can't do it until you can see it. You know what you've got to have? You've got to have the revelation. You've got to be able to see. 
That's why the devil is working overtime. Look at you. Look how feeble you are. Look how pitiful you are. You know, I'll never forget when I was in a suit store, just a young boy, and I turned side, but you know those three-way mirrors? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I'm standing there with a suit on, and I'm, I look sideways. That was the first time I ever saw how big my nose was. That's what the devil will do for you. Your nose is too big. You're too short. You're too tall. You're on the wrong side of the tracks. But I come to declare him a liar today. I come to tell you. I come to tell you today that God can use the least one in this building. You feel like you're on the back of the line? You feel like you've been passed over? You'll never get anywhere? You'll never own a home? You'll never have a nice vehicle? You'll never be able to do the things you see your neighbor doing? Can I tell you where it starts and stops? Come on, let's point at our head. It's right here in our mind. And if we ever lift up our eyes and say, I'm not going to be captive of the devil. I want to tell you the greatest revival we can ever have is the revival of the mind. It all starts right here. We find ourselves sometimes working on the leaves, trying to fix the tree. But it's not the leaves. You got to fix the root. And the root is right here. That's why the apostles Paul said, bringing every thought into, come on, y'all preach with me. Bringing every thought into captivity. You need to reach up and get a hold of your mind today. I'll tell you what happened to me about two and a half years ago. I turned the news OFF. I said, I'm not going to listen to that stuff. Some people are on the internet and they're looking at all the crime scenes and robberies and policemen chasing cars down the freeway. And oh, what else bad thing can I think of? They're living on that, they're feeling their precious mind with that trash. They're thinking about those things. You know, they couldn't sell a newspaper if they said, you know what we're going to print? We're going to print all good stories. We're going to tell you the story of Pastor Williams and this great church and all of you great people for the last nine years, what you've been, what you've done, and how far you've come. They couldn't even sell a newspaper because there's something about the mind that says, give me the, the guts and give me the crime and give me the blood and give me the hate and give me the trouble in the world. Let me, let me find out about the rape scenes and the crime scenes and the murder scenes. You know as well as I do, Hollywood couldn't even sell a, a movie if they didn't fill it with sex and crime and breaking up homes and she had her eye on him, and he had his eye on this one. Oh, I feel like preaching today. I feel like stomping the devil today. He's a liar, and the truth is not in him. You know, we fly all over the country, and I got over three million miles with Delta, and it's disgraceful.
sitting up there in the business class and you can't help but see it once in a while and you turn your head and the filthy scenes that looks like nice people are watching. Become a shataya. Hey, if you want to go to where I'm carrying you today, you're going to have to get your mind made up. I'm fixing to turn some things off. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to talk that way. Do y'all have a Waffle House around here? Oh, okay. Well, they call them awful houses back where I live. But anyway, they're good houses. I go there. But, hey, you got to be careful who you eat with. You got to be careful who you spend your time with. Because they'll fill your mind full of negative things. The world's bad. Everything's bad. China's going to take over. Well, honey, what can you and I do about it? One thing, pray. That's the only hope for America is the praying people that are in America. Sitting around, I'm going to vote for this one. I'm hope they get voted out and getting all mad and all upset and saying some curse words under your breath. You ain't doing a bit of good. It's when you rise up. And you say, I'm not going to think like the rest of the world thinks. I'm not going to let CNN and CBS and NBC and FBI and CIA, they're not going to fill my mind. I'm going to read the Bible. You know what Paul said for us to do? He said for us to think on the good. He said if there's anything lovely, if there's anything true, Hey, am I in the Bible or am I out of the Bible? Come on, y'all give me a little Baptist nod. Am I in the Bible or come, give me a little Baptist nod here. Am I in the Bible or out of the Bible? Do you think your life would get better if all at once you had the revelation? I'm not going to let my mind live in the gutter. I'm going to let my mind live on the blessings of God and the good things. You know what, the only way I get news is, and I cut it off pretty quick because I changed the subject. People walk up to me and start telling me what's going on. Somebody told me, who's the guy, Carlton, uh, on Fox? You don't listen, Carlton, you don't listen to it either. Well, you do. Carlton Tucker said he quit or got fired. I said, who's Carlton Tucker? I ain't interested in that. He's not going to fix America. He's not going to fix me. Oh, yes. Come on. Put your hands together. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All you got to do is make up your mind. I'm going to control my mind. I'm not going to get on the trash of internet. Internet's become a lot worse than television. Television is bad enough and the movies are bad enough, but we got the best. We're going to think on the good and rejoice in the good and we're going to identify with that. And the blessings are going to flow our way. Pearl
Moses said, who am I? Who are you, Moses? What are you thinking about? Who are you? Now Moses knew where he had come from. He knew the miraculous birth he had had. He knew he had a God-fearing mother that said, you're not going to kill my baby. Thank God for mothers that says, you're not going to kill my baby. Amen. I'm going to hold on to this one. He knew all those stories. He knew where he had come from. He knew what God had done in his life. The miraculous birth, the miraculous way that God had spared his life while other babies were being eaten by crocodiles in the Nile River. He was rescued in that same river. You know what that is? That's a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's a type of baptism in Jesus' name. He knew God had brought him out of there. He knew what God had done in his life. But here's the problem. He had went in his own strength and his own carnality and said, I can do this. And he steps out and he sees an Egyptian beating up a Hebrew and he kills that Egyptian. The next day he goes out and he finds two Hebrews and they're fighting one another. And he breaks it up and one of them says, we know what you've done. Are you going to kill us like you killed that Egyptian? He realizes then the word is out. Pharaoh's looking for him. He's got a warrant out for his arrest. And he flees to Mount Sinai. And there he's on the backside of that desert, that wilderness, for some 40 years, 40 years in the house of Pharaoh, being trained in all the things of Pharaoh. Now he's 40 years on the backside and God's working on him. God's humbling him. God's dealing with, hey, God's got a way of humbling your spirit. When it's not going your way, don't give up. You just hold on. When you were full of zeal and you thought, here, I've got a ministry and it seems like it's all shut down on you. Don't worry. You just keep praying and stay with God. And then God allows a bush that won't burn. He speaks to him out of that bush. And he says, Moses, I want to tell you something. You're going to deliver uh, the Israelites from bondage. You're going to stand before Pharaoh. And Moses says, who am I? Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost calling some people today. God's calling you up higher. You've had it in your heart. God don't want somebody out there to, to be the future of this church. God wants you that are in these pews today. You are the future of this church. And if you ever get the vision, I can do what God is calling me to do. Let me tell you something. I, I know it. The Holy Ghost spoke it to me. God's already give you the vision of what you should do. God's already spoken to your spirit of what you should do for this church. You already feel it. But when you look at what you've got and you look at what this church needs, you're saying, who am I that I could ever do that? But I'm glad to tell you, when God is in it and you keep walking with God, God will turn you around. He can use the least. He can use the one that's at the back of the line that nobody believed it could ever happen. I'm going to tell you, our God can make it happen. 
See, you know what? You, you've just got to decide. you got to decide where you're going to be. And I can already tell you the majority is on the doubt side. I can already tell you the majority, they don't believe. The devil has knocked them down so hard, so fast, they declared bankruptcy, they went through all kind of trials. There's no way I could ever do anything. And the devil has made them believe that. But I, it, it, all it's got to change is right here. And you just got to see. You had great dreams. You had great visions. You wanted to do great things. You want to promote your church. You want to promote the ministry of this church, your pastor. But the enemy just has a way of knocking you down. But God's going to lift somebody back up to their dream today. God's going to lift somebody up to the faith that he's put in your heart to do the work of God. God's going to do it. You know, poor Moses, he leads them down, and finally they're getting ready to go into the promised land. He sends 12 spies, and they go to search out the land, and then what happens? Ten of them come back and say, sucking their thumb. Hey, don't let the devil ever make you feel sorry for yourself. He's a liar. That's the reason I believe so much in praying every day of your life. Oh, I was glad to hear it announced today that this church is open to prayer through the week. You know what we've seen happen in Little Rock? You know what it's been about? It's been about prayer. Now, this is not to glory and no flesh or little rock. But I read the report here back up Tuesday night or so ago. We got a kiosk and people sign in for prayer. And, and what we're doing, their names are scrolling on the screen. And we're using it to provoke others to come. The Bible said to provoke one another to what? Good works. So it's scrolling up there all through the day, prayer requests. And then there's uh, praise reports that's going and people are coming and going and I read the report the other day that week, that one week, there had been two thousand, over 2,000 not, not estimated it was on the computer over 2,000 people had come to the house of prayer then when you mix that with our school, we got uh, like about 420 students in our school and all of them come to church that's a requirement. One, abide by the rules and uh, come to church. Whether you can pay or not, God bless you. We'll help you figure that out. Hallelujah. Because you know what I said? To pass up one of these children may be an Apostle Paul we're letting get by. It may be a Esther we're letting get by. We want every one of them in there. And with the school, it's almost 4,000 people come to the house of prayer. Oh, don't tell me prayer don't work. It'll change the way you think. It'll turn your thinking around. You know what God will do for you when you pray? You'll discover who you are. When the devil's saying you're nobody, when the devil's saying you can't ever get out of alcohol, you can't ever get out of drugs, you can't ever get out of poverty, I'm going to tell you, this God will speak another word to you and will tell you, you are more, not a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror.
let me just give a word about this Christian school. One of the most powerful tools that God has given us is a Christian school. Man, I, I preach this everywhere I go. One of the most powerful tools is having a Christian school. Support this Christian school. Even when your child is being corrected, go ahead and support them. Amen. Stand up for the teacher. Amen. You'll destroy him if you don't. You'll send him to a lake of fire if you're not careful. Amen. Go ahead. You know what's so great about a Christian school? Amen. Would you mind coming at me? Hallelujah. Well, I just picked the right one. Can I? Amen. Come right out of here, hon. You're not afraid, are you? No. Hallelujah. Well, you just help me preach the rest of the time here. Amen. You know what's so powerful about a Christian school? It's the teaching they're getting. Now, hold it just a minute. The Catholic Church figured this out long before us Pentecostals did. And that's a shame. But they, you know what they say, if you give us your child uh, six years through the sixth grade and they will be a Catholic from then on. You know why? They're teaching a culture. They're putting it in their heart about the things of God to live for the Lord and do the right thing. Those teachers day in and day out. You know what's happening? They're making it easier for the pastor. Because when you start way down here and you tell them the same standards all the way up, it's so embedded in their heart, they'll never stop living for God. Amen. Come on, a big hand for the Christian school. A big hand for this sister. Thank you. Oh, somebody shout, the devil's a liar. So, you got 12 men. You got 10 of them, they're thumb suckers. They're finding the fault and the problem. Hey, you can spend your life saying, oh, this property's too high. The church is too expensive. You know, everything has just went up. You can spend your life and eyes looking at those things, or you can spend your life and have your eyes on Jesus Christ and you can say let me tell you folks there ain't nothing too hard for Jesus he can fix it and Jesus is in love with this church he's in love with you good people and I come to declare that the devil's a liar and the truth is not in him God's going to have a church. God's going to have a people. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what the devil thinks. God's raising up an army of mighty warriors. And I just come to take a vote today. And how many of you want to be God's mighty warrior today? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I come to take another vote. Do you believe? that this church has a future. Do you believe you'll always be in this location? Do you believe you'll always be in this building? Well, look at you today. You've already outgrown this building.
Hallelujah. God's just looking for somebody to work through me. You use me. You use my resources. I am a willing vessel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God can do it. You know, uh, let me just tell you a little story. I, uh, back years ago, we, we were out, we outgrew our church. You can be seated. We had property. Uh, we were, I, I preached one night and I said, uh, what a, I, I was wanting to get on the freeway because where we were at, y'all got a great location here, but where we were at, you needed an Indian guide to help you find the church. It was back off on a, a road back behind houses and you know, you just, I'm telling you, they, you had to do a lot of explaining to find the church. So I was preaching one night, and I've been to Merle Ewan and Lake Charles by that several times. I said, that's what I want, God. I didn't tell nobody. But I had enough faith that night while I was preaching. I said, hey, folks, why don't we start a building fund, and why don't we uh, uh, plant some trees that we may never sit under the shade of. There's nothing wrong with that. How many wants to see the next generation of Pentecost prosper? Yeah. How many wants to see your grandchildren stay in this church? What about your children? You think it'd be good for them if they stayed out of the drug world and in the Holy Ghost world? They were running the aisles at church and shouting the victory and coming to prayer meeting and going on visitation. Think it'd be good for him? Sure it would be. So we, I got through preaching, and, and i tell you the truth, much to my surprise, he, just a very young man walked up, and he, he gave me a check. And it was, when he gave it to me, I said, what's this for? He said, this is for that new property. I looked at it. You know what it was? It was $500. I was telling this to a preacher, a pastor here a while back that's wanting to build a new facility. 17 million said it was going to cost. That ain't nothing for God. We need to get them numbers out of our head. He can do 17,000 or 17 million. That's our hang up. That's not God's hang up. He can cause you to go up or he can cause you to go down. So he handed me, I, I was telling this preacher that needed that. He said, did you say he gave you a check for 500,000? I said, no, it was Brother Tuttle. I said, no, it was $500. He said, wow. I said, when he handed me that check, I said, well, we've started. you got to start somewhere. And so I said, we've started. And from then, we started the building fund. We bought the property. And then we didn't have no money because we paid $465,000 for this property and this is back in 1980, probably 1980, 1979. That's a whole lot more money than what it is now. Boy, it sounded like we had never had money like that. But we paid that property off. Now we're broke again. No money in the building fund. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. I know it was the Holy Ghost, but because I want to tell you something. I, I, I pastored a church 
all these years my son pastors it now not one time have I ever pressed anybody to give anything I, 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 I wouldn't do that I'm not I'm not in that arm twisting church I'm in that Holy Ghost church you know what I tell y'all wait a minute now I tell them Hey, look, if, if you can put a $5 bill in the offering and dance and shout, and you'd go home feeling bad because you put $100 in, put the 5 in. We don't want no sad money in this church. We want all happy dollars. My daddy, he was still living at that time. He told me, he said, son, you better quit saying that. But I didn't. I couldn't help myself because that's the way I felt about it. You know, back then, they'd uh, press, I felt like pressing people to give. I said, I don't want to do that. You get the Holy Ghost and you get the vision and you get the thought that God wants to use you. There ain't nothing. Hey, this is not a carnal endeavor. You're not in a carnal church. You're in a spiritual church. This is run on the Holy Ghost. Brother Pastor Williams don't need to tell you the Holy Ghost to tell you. Can I tell you something? There hardly ever been a time whenever I started to give that, that actually three numbers did not pop to my head. First number was what I could get by with. Second number, well, what would be normal? And then the third number, can your faith reach it? And I can tell you every time I went to that third number, it's just like he said, I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll pour you out blessings where there's not room enough to receive. It's happened over and over and over. Of course, I ain't got time to tell you the story, but just recently somebody bought me a Range Rover, 23, 2023 Range Rover. I walked out, he showed me his new Range Rover and he said, do you like this? And I said, yeah, beautiful. He said, well, I ordered you one too. Well, get over it. I tell that story to make the devil mad. I, I text him, and, and I said, I'm speechless when, I, when he texted me. He said, now you're riding in a royal carriage like you should be. Hey, don't never get mad because the preacher's got a car or a truck or house. Y'all, hey amen, y'all sit down. You need to sit down because the rest are not standing up right now. No. <laughs> no, their arthritis has bothered them. I know what it is. I got that too. Yes, amen. I texted him back. He said, speechless. I said, yes. I said, you know the majority of the world don't think a Pentecostal preacher ought to be riding in a 2023 Range Rover. I said, and the good part of this I got you to blame for it. And it don't get any better than that. Don't tell me God won't do it for you saints. He's not just interested in me. He's sister. Hey, sister, he's interested in you. He's in love with you. What do you want God to do in your life? Take the harness off of God and turn him loose and see what he'll do. Y'all can be seated. So now we've got the property. We're out of money. And I'm praying one day 
in the basement of the church in the lower level, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And it told me, you go tell four men in this church that above their tithes and offering to write out a $100,000 check to the building fund. Yeah. Now, back in those days, if you consider inflation, it would have been like about, I don't know, over 300,000 I'd have been telling them today, just to get you an idea. You know what? I, I'm not sure. I think maybe one of them could have done it, but the other three, they did not have it. But I saw it in their eyes when I said it, because it was a Holy Ghost moment. Are y'all getting this? I'm talking about a spiritual church. I'm talking about a church that's run on the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost that's speaking to your heart right now. I want to be a part of this church. I want to be a part of what God's going to do. Saw it in their eyes when I said it. And I want to just tell you what they did. Those Hebrew boys, faith was triggered in their heart. And they went out and took it away from the Egyptians. And every one of them come back with a $100,000 check. Hey, wait, wait, wait. This is the part of the good story. I don't want you to miss it. Now I'm in the pulpit in, in front of the rest of the people. And I said, folks, we got 400000 in our, we just was zero. Now we got 400000 in our building fund. Oh, yeah, they shouted. We run the aisles. Because we're not building a kingdom for ourselves. We're building a kingdom for Jesus Christ. We want this place to be a lighthouse for his glory. Hey, sit down a minute. I got to get through. I was reading. I've been taking the National Geographic for years. Popped out the middle of it. And it said, leave a legacy. And I'm thinking, what for? And it said, to save the sea turtle. Well, God bless the sea turtle. But I want to tell you something. You see this young man right here? Come here, brother. Help me out. Come up here, brother. Turn around, brother. This is who I want to save. I want to leave a legacy to save Are y'all with me? What value do you put on a soul? What value do you put on this church being on the freeway? And you know what? When we, we built on that freeway, I said, I want everybody that drives by there, 200,000 cars a day. And every one of them, when they see that building and that steeple, and it says First Pentecostal Church, I want them to think about the Holy Ghost, I want them to think about Jesus Christ. If a sea turtle is worth saving, you think this handsome young man's worth saving? All you teenagers, y'all stand up. If you're a teenager in this building, stand up. Stand up, teenagers. Stand up all over the building. Look around at these fine looking, remain standing. I wasn't quite through. All of you, look around and do you think they're worth saving? Do you think they're the, worth the value of a sea turtle? 
The Bible said, everybody say the Bible said. This one soul right here is worth more than the wealth of this entire world. Thank you, good brother. You're going to help me preach on now, aren't you? Don't fall asleep. Oh, thank you. I love you. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. God wants somebody to rise up in faith. You got something hidden in your tent and God needs it. And you need to give it to him and say, Lord, I'm not going to hold on to this no more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save more than a sea turtle. I'm going to save souls. This is going to be a lighthouse, a bright, shining lighthouse. Now, y'all let me get through. Y'all be seated. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Those ten spies sucking their thumb, crying the blues, feeling sorry for themselves. There ain't no way. We've already seen Anak. We've seen the giants. You know what they said? They said, we're like grasshoppers. Is that not what they said? I ask you a question today. How do you see yourself? Can you see yourself in this choir one day? Can you see yourself shouting the victory one day? Can you see yourself? Hey, let me just stop right here and tell you a quick little story. A man that was raised in our church, he played the drums. He come there, my daddy married his mother and dad. He loved our church. Do you love your church? Now, let me tell you something about our church. We were a church that was at the back of the line. We were a church, listen to me close, that the Pentecostals made fun of us. We were so far down the line. They laughed. You know what they laughed about? They laughed about the way my daddy beat a drum. They laughed about how we run the aisles and shouted the victory. They laughed about how we danced. They laughed at our music. And we were in a, a tough part of the town. And they were out on the freeway. But they was making fun of us. We were on Buckeye, 2nd and Buckeye Street. You know what they called us? The old Buckeyes. The old Buckeyes. I don't mean nothing wrong with this, but I can tell you they're not laughing today at us. Because God knows how to take you from the back of the line and carry you to the front of the line if you'll stay humble. And there was this young man that played the drums and he had heard the abuse. He'd heard people make fun. He knew what they were doing. He was a great basketball player and they was trying to get him in their church because they had a basketball team and get him away from his home church. But he wouldn't go because he loved me. He loved this church. He knew we were at the back of the line. And he started a business. He was probably, they were, his family, I would say, was the poorest family in our church. But they did have a lot of class. You understand what that meant? They didn't go around trying to bomb or beg anything. They just lived their life quiet and humble, and they were just who they were. But he had this burden in his heart to help his church. And you know what God did for this man? He got in business. 
and God took him in an insurance business from zero. In fact, his boss called him in the office one day and said, uh, Mark, you're really not cut out to be in the insurance business. I'm going to have to let you go. And he begged the boss and said, give me 30 days and see what happens. He went to work. Well, make a long story a short one. It was long. He had his own insurance agency. He was a broker, and he was insuring all these big tractor trailers going up and down the road. He went from that to he was taking in $43 million a year. He had 17 employees. His part of that $43 million was like 12 to 15%. So you can see he was financing the church. Well, a company come and bought that business, and he called me about selling. I said, yes, sell it, because I'd already watched him give. And I said, I know if he gets this money, he can't never say God let him down. He brought me $3.6 million. I'm talking a boy, about a boy that was on the back of the line. I'm talking about the poorest family I feel sure that was in our church. His daddy was sick with heart trouble. His mother held down a job. They had a two-bedroom house. He shared the bedroom with his sister. They had one bath. He had never had a shower until the blessings of God started rolling in his You know what? God is walking through this building looking for a Mark Brockington today. God's walking through this house saying, who is it that will rise up and say, I will not be defeated. I love my church. I love my pastor. I love what God's doing here. And the devil's not going to stop this church. Oh, thank God for you great saints. I know what it is to have great saints. And I, I feel your spirit today. I can tell you about great saints that I pastored before. They'd miss paying their tithes. They'd cut their grocery money down. There ain't no way of stop. Hey, we're unstoppable people. And then you add the blessings of God on top of us. When God sees us that determined, he'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings to where there's not enough room to even receive it. I'm just about through. Y'all don't get worried. But I'm glad God's let me deliver my heart because somebody's going to decide who you are today. You're not that little Gideon that's hid down behind the wine press trying to thrash out a little wheat. Of all places, Gideon, you went to the wine press because the wine press was where he could hide. He couldn't hide down there at the wheat press, so he's in the wine press. God wants you to come out of the wine press. He wants you to rise up in faith saying, I can. I know who I am. I'm a child of the king. Amen. I've been called out of darkness into this marvelous light. Well, 10 of them, you can be seated. This, uh, I can't get away from it, can I? They were sucking their thumb. They were talking about how high the property is. The interest is going up. Everything's going up. That's all they could see is how high everything was. That all they could see is you can't do that. 
Pastor Williams, we don't have the money. God's in the money-making business. Oh, yes, he is. But you know what? There was a couple men that had faith. And I, I want to tell you something. See, God's fishing in this service today. And while maybe I hope everybody gets it, but where one don't get it, God's still fishing. He's fishing through the minds of these young men. All of you great people, he's fishing through your mind. And he's looking for a vessel that say, God, I believe you. If you do it for me, I'll do what I've got. I'll watch you multiply it. And this is going to be a city set on a hill. Amen. No more mocking, no more laughing at the Rock Church. We're laughing at the devil. And it was old brother Caleb and Joshua that stepped out. And you know what the Bible says about them? They were people that had another spirit. They weren't the ordinary. They didn't think like the ordinary saints were thinking. They were thinking on how great is our God. They were thinking on the faith that your pastor's got. In nine short years, look where you're at. Look at all these screens. Look at this choir, this music. Look at what God, who wouldn't want to be a part of this? If you were living in Fort Myers, that's what Joshua and Caleb were thinking. And here's what happened. And this is what God wants out of you great men and women today. He wants you to step up by the side, pastor. There's nothing like men that are step by your side. Come stand by me, pastor. He wants some men that'll get shoulder to shoulder with this great man. Hey, y'all don't have a Pentecostal playboy. He's not out playing games. He's not out wasting money. His whole focus is the work of God in this church. You're blessed today. Hey Amen. What about his wife? First lady, step up here. Oh, yeah. Well, brother, William, I can see right now, they love her better than they do you. No, you love them both, don't you? God's looking for some men that'll get shoulder to shoulder and you great women that'll get shoulder to shoulder with Sister Williams. And you know what Caleb did? Caleb, here, here's Brother Moses. Let me do the preaching now. You just play like you're preaching. And Caleb walked up. Yeah, go ahead. Caleb walked up and said, Brother Moses, could I say a word? Would you let me have that mic, Brother Moses? Give me that mic. And the Bible said that Caleb stilled the people. He said, quieten down, quieten down. These ten thumb-sucking babies had already put so much fear in the people. They're in an uproar. There's no way we can do this. But 
Caleb said, Brother Moses, let me just say a word. And Brother Moses said, go ahead, Caleb. And old Brother Caleb got up there and said, let me tell you something. We are more than able. Let's go conquer the land. Let's go win the battle. Now, you know what I've preached about this? I've thought about this a lot of times. You know, it's one thing for Pastor Williams and Sister Williams to say it. It's one thing for Joel Holmes to get up here and say it. Of course, let me tell you a little secret. I've been traveling for the last several years. I don't let nobody pay for my air flight. I don't let nobody give me no offering. And I pay for my hotel room. That's right. Your pastor's already texted the office that how do we make out his check? You don't make me one out. I'm not interested. I want to sow some more seed. This is my give back years. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, if you think I'm up here to get money personally, just have another thought. I got more of that than I need. God's been good to me. Well, y'all forgive me. This prayer really works. I, I probably shouldn't say this, and I might already repent for it for a sake. If you knew how good God had been to me, you'd want to be me. I hope you feel the same way. If you knew what all God had done in my life. Hey, you're looking at a boy that was at the back of the line. That's right. No question about it. I was, at the, I was the last one. My brother was brilliant. He could play any instrument. He memorized a pocket. You remember when the pocket dictionaries come out? No, y'all are too young. Somebody, anybody remember the pocket, little pocket dictionary? My brother memorized the whole dictionary. You could say the word, he'd give you the definition. You could give the definition, he'd give you the word. He was brilliant. That was not Joel Holmes. I didn't like school. I didn't like books. I thought if I could never get out of this crazy school, I'll never look at another book. I wanted to ride horses and play football. I really wasn't good at those either. I was at the back of the line. But I want to tell you, there's a God in heaven. He's just looking for a vessel. He's just looking for somebody. Y'all be seated. I'm about through. And it was, oh, brother, Caleb had got that mic and said, we can, hey, folks, we can do this. Now, what I was saying a while ago, the reason that his testimony message had been more powerful than Moses is because he had nothing to gain. I know you think, oh, they're just preachers up there, preacher hungry, money hungry. Well, you're looking at one that's not hungry for no money. And your pastor's not a hungry preacher, hungry man. But Caleb, you know, he was paying tithes. He was in the church. And he said, let me tell you, folks, we can do it. They should have listened to him. And that's the benefit of you great men standing by this great man and standing by his wife, you ladies. You're a testimony. You're a Caleb. You're a sister, Caleb. And you know what he told them? They were whining and crying. 
And old brother Caleb said, let me tell you something. God is able to take their defense and it will be like bread to us. Everybody say bread. Let me ask you a question. What do you do with bread? Come on, shout it at me. What do you do with bread? He said, that's, that's what these Amalekites, Philistines, will be like. They'll be like bread. See, the things you're fearing today, you need to quit fearing and start praying. And watch God give you that house you want. Watch God give you that car you want. Watch God open the windows of heaven. Quit fearing and start praying. Get yourself in alignment with God and watch God open the windows of heaven. So he said, I want to tell you, you scared of them? I'm not scared of them. When God gets after them, they're going to be like, oh, come on, y'all got to preach with me. One more time. And what do you do with bread? Well, hallelujah. Y'all know what this is? Do you think this is, should intimidate me? I'm scared to eat that bread. I'm afraid of it. This, you know what Caleb was saying? This is your problem. It's going to be like bread. The day you see your problem as bread, you're living a victorious life. You're making your problem too big and God too little. You're saying he can't do it, and God's saying, you're saying there's no way that can work out, and God's saying it ain't nothing but bread. can't see from way over there. I don't want to miss nobody. Come here, brother. Take a piece of that bread. No, you can get the whole thing. Come here, brother. Get this other piece right quick. Before I drop it. No, don't get mine. Hey, I know what it is to go and have colonoscopy, which is not fun, by the way. And then doctor come out with his eyes big, and he said, man, you got a tumor six inches long. You got to have surgery. I know what it is to hear a doctor, after he operated on me, he said, you need to take chemo. You ever took chemo? Anybody in the house taking chemo? Brother, you're talking about poison. It's poison. 
I could have listened to the quacks and they're saying, eat onions, drink onion juice with pineapple juice and you'll get well. And I think, how long did you go to school to figure that out? So I just kind of believe maybe these guys knew what they were talking about since they went to school so many years. You know what I told that doctor? I said, I'll eat that chemo like it's jello. You lying devil, you, you're not gonna stop me. You know what you gotta do when you got get sick? You gotta fight back. You gotta fight back. You gotta fight back. There's people in this church today that are sick. The devil's lying to you, telling you you're gonna die, and I come to declare healing for you. The devil's telling you you're gonna file bankruptcy, and I'm gonna tell you God's gonna bless you. Amen. Just get yourself in alignment with God and watch God work. Stand with me. Give God a hand clap praise and thanksgiving together. Oh, I wonder if somebody would run down to this front right now and say, God, I'm going to eat my problems like it's bread. I'm going to eat my problems like it's bread, God. Come on, let's believe him right now together. I wonder if somebody that's sick, you need healing. You'd walk to this front and let God do a healing work on you. Maybe you need a financial blessing. Maybe you need a financial miracle. Maybe you need your children are bound by sin. You want to see them set free. Come on, lift up your voices right now to God. Lift up your voices right now to the King. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe you, God. I believe you. Why don't you join up with the neighbor? Come on, find somebody standing close to you and say, Come on, we're going to pray together. We're going to bleed together. We're going to believe together. Oh, we're going to believe together. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go ahead, singers. Oh, yes, we're going to believe together. Come on, find another prayer partner. Take a few steps. Come on, believe with somebody right now. Oh, you're the healer in the house, God. You're the healer in the house. The great position. We believe you today. You can work the impossible. You can turn around the situation. You can turn it upside down. Oh, I believe you, God. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. It is no secret to what God can do. Come on, find another one to pray with. Come on, take a few steps. 